Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience continue yep. in some well-doing seat, nope. for glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Uh, Great Luke, yes. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue in sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue in sin? Christ is the way, yep. never gonna win, nope. trying to make it to heaven, yep. get there by sin, nope. follow the commandments, yep. everybody got choices, I chose this walk so I keep on trying, everybody got choices, choose the right path and nothing can stop us, everybody got choices, righteous life, devil don't like that, nah, everybody got choices, choose the right path to save your soul, never going back, no, 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 forward to the kingdom, yeah, Right. 
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard theater To cite to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, let's check this out. Let's check this out. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, 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 hello. Testing, testing. All right, brothers and sisters. Um, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I do hope and pray that we are broadcasting. I'm signing a little bit distant. Hold on one second, y'all. Let me let me do this real quick. Let me let me do this real quick. Let me let me do this real quick. Testing. One, two, three, testing. Testing, testing. One, two, three, testing. Hello, 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 hello. Good Lord. I'm trying this. I can definitely hear the, the tables talking. All 
All right, hello, hello, hello. I can't tell if this is really working or not. And I got nobody that can ever help me out with this shit. I don't know if this is broadcasting or not. All right, all right, all right. Gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right. Gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Salam, 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 and thank you, brother Troy, for 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 reaching out uh, with the text and everything. Um, I've got this microphone, brother. Says I've got this microphone, and I'm trying to, you know, connect it to my computer, and I I, I really have no way of testing. Uh, this microphone on Blog Talk, unless I actually do a Blog Talk show, uh, like like I'm doing live right now. So I'm not sure um, if if it's coming across or not, if it, um, uh, how it's working. So I'm going to just just uh, we're going to just go ahead and roll with it. I, as I try to call in on my phone, right, it seemed like it was breaking up. And as I try and use the the speaker with the microphone, um, I'm getting a lot, a lot. It's breaking up a lot. So I'm, I'm gonna go with it. Uh, thank you, brother Troy, for for again reaching out. Let's go with it, brothers and sisters. Let's go with it. Um, if this doesn't come through, we can always redo the class. All right. Salam, 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 salam to the 12 tribes worldwide. Greetings to Judah, Benjamin, Levi, Simeon, Zebulun, Ephraim, Manasseh, Gad, Reuben, Ashnaf, Dalian, Issachar. Uh, to the, those people scattered on North, Central, South America, and Caribbean islands here in the Western Hemisphere, you are the, the, the biological descendants of the 12 tribes, the, lost, the 12 lost tribes of the nation of Israel. And again, the 12 tribes have been scattered throughout the four corners of the earth, um, uh, from Ghana to Nigeria, all through Africa, all the way over to China. The Israelites have been scattered. But here in the Western Hemisphere, so now, um, uh, those of Negroid, uh, so-called uh, Native American, and so-called Indian descent, or Latino descent, shalom, shalom, Hispanic descent, shalom, 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 shalom. Uh, if you read blog talk, uh, uh, Bible talk, all right, my name is Mishaba. Uh Welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome. And brothers and sisters, it's been a long weekend. Right? It's been a long weekend, so I'm going to try and get into this. Um, uh, as you know, we do have uh, schools located uh, ac- across the world, across America. Um, 
for the school here in San Antonio, which currently is located at 4444 Walsham, street number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218, uh, which at that address is about to change, brothers and sisters. Um, they are about to, to embark, and they have embarked on getting a brand new building, a brand new school uh, built here, actually built here in San Antonio. So uh, uh, please reach out to the brother Warner Iyer at area code 210-862-2643 or the brother Shamshawan at area code 505-385-38-9609. If you'd like to help out, you'd like to dedicate any uh, time, resources, money uh, in in their effort to, to, again, actually build a school uh, here in San Antonio, please reach out to them. All right. Uh, For the school here in San San Antonio, the Sport of Truth, you can locate them on Facebook, on, on YouTube every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m., and then again on Saturday starting at 10 a.m., right? And, and that's their YouTube, their YouTube channel, Sword of Truth San Antonio, all right? For our school in the Houston, Texas area, uh, which is the SOW, Houston, Texas, the Stream of Wisdom, which is located at 231 FM Road 1092, Stafford, Texas, 77477. Uh, please reach out to Priest Quatizop at area code 303-557-8979. For our classes in Houston, they have classes every Monday and Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then again on Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then on Saturday, Sabbath mornings, uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You catch them live on their YouTube channel, which is the SOW Houston, Texas, um, uh, Stream of Wisdom um, every uh, Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and then on Saturdays again from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. For our school in the Norfolk, Virginia area, uh, the SOW Norfolk, Virginia Stream of Wisdom located at 2610 Granby Street, Norfolk, Virginia 23517, many address there. We ask you to please reach out to Priest Kazakia at area code 757 300 any uh, any information or any donations you might want to reach out to to our school there in in Norfolk. Uh, you can catch them on, there. You uh, you can catch them every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and again on Saturday starting at 12 noon. Uh, you can reach them live on Facebook uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. They have a Facebook Live class they do, which is excellent. Uh, starting at 8 p.m. going to 10 p.m. again Eastern Standard Time. They really do a good class with that. The brothers. Um, uh, Bukhar, the brother um, uh, Shaquat, and Kazakia, Aria, they will be holding it down. So uh, please check them out. All right. Um, you can also uh, watch them live on their YouTube channel, SOW, Stream of Wisdom, Nova Virginia, uh, every Friday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then on Saturdays, the Sabbath class, starting at 12 noon, again, Eastern Standard Time. For a school in Rochester, the SOW, Rochester, New York, Stream of Wisdom, Located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, Suite Number 1A, Rochester, New York, uh, 14606, mini address there. Uh, reach out to Priest Zion Allah at area code 757-762-3917. I need to update that number, too. Um, uh, you catch them every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday on the YouTube, cha- uh, YouTube channel, uh, the SOW Rochester, New York, Stream of Wisdom, uh, from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and again on Saturday, starting at 10 a.m., all right. Um, please, we ask you to please like, share, and subscribe to the other our other YouTube um, channels, the Hidden Truth Bible Show, the Israelite Media Core, and Five Minutes of Wisdom. Um, and also please check out Hidden Books. 
right? All these uh, YouTube channels are there for your uh, your uh, education. They're for, there for your edification. Please like, share, and subscribe to each one of them, right? As well as for our class um, YouTube um, channels that we have, please check these out also, all right? Uh, for our brothers up there in Albuquerque, the brother Aisha White is off. Uh, we ask you, please check him out at area code 505. 218-4218. Uh, and then for every Saturday, if you're not checking out one of the, the, uh, of the YouTube channels, uh, we ask you to please check out on Facebook um, the Fountain of Wisdom that's held down every Saturday with the brother Mike Allen and the brother um, Yash, um, Aisha White Desire every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. So please uh, uh, look them up on, on Facebook at the Fountain of Wisdom. Every Saturday, they do an excellent tour class. Um, matter of fact, they're on the 17th cycle of going over the Torah, and it really is it's something that you can really learn from, something you can really, you, you'll get an education from. And all they're doing is just going straight through the Bible, straight through the five books of the Bible, from Genesis through Deuteronomy. Uh, just going through that, doing the Torah reading, it really is pretty good. If you just want to learn the Torah, which is the beginning of the whole Bible, which the whole Bible is founded on the Torah, on the first five books, we, I ask you, uh, please check out Founder Wisdom every Saturday on Facebook um, and, and check them out. I, I get the link. They're doing a great job with that. That's Brother Mike Allen and their Brother um, Ash White Desire. They're definitely holding it down. Okay? All right, Brother and Sisters, this is part of the show where I'd like to um, uh, uh, offer up a list of names uh, for prayer. Um, and I ask that if, if you would like anybody's name added to this prayer list, please text me at area code 210. Uh, 784-8463. Text me the, the, the name of a person you'd like to have prayers sent up for. All right? And I'm not doing this for any uh, any personal glory or any vain glory. Um, I, I collected, I've been collecting these names and I put them out here that I might ask um, brothers and sisters that might tune into the broadcast that as you're sending up your prayers, please add these names to your own personal prayer list. All right? We know that, that from um, uh, what's this, the book of James. Uh, James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So the more we just ask that, that as you might be able to collect these names um, and add them to your own personal prayer list, that there are brothers and sisters that are in need. And if you'd like to have anybody's name added to, uh, to this prayer list, please hit me up again, area code 210-784-8463. Please text me. So I can type it in, so I can have the name, um, how the name is pronounced, how the name is spelled, so I can add it to the list, okay? So with that, here we go. Um, I'm going to ask that the, that the Most High, in the name of Christ, please listen to us now, right now. Please send your Holy Spirit of mercy and peace to watch over, to bless, to heal, to strengthen, to help, to protect, and to build up. Father, we ask from the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 24 through 26, that, Father, you will bless and that you will keep. Father, that you will make your face to shine upon and be gracious unto. We ask, Father, that you might lift up your countenance upon, upon and give peace unto Naya, the wife of our brother Yahweh here in San Antonio. Uh, to the sister Labaya, to the wife of our brother Tazapah, also here in San Antonio. We ask, Father, for Miss Barbara's husband, Mr. Charles, here again in San Antonio. We ask, Father, for um, the sister Bobby Dixon, who is the mother-in-law of our brother Ariah and his wife Kaliah here in San Antonio. 
We ask, Father, for, the, for the, uh, our daughter, Sierra Leakey, Sierra Leak, the, the daughter of our brother David uh, up there in Dallas. We ask for our sister Abadiah, who is out there in Houston, and her husband, Lachama. Uh, we uh, continue prayers going up for our brother Shaquakabar out there in North Virginia. Father, we ask for the brother Sahawam Racha and his wife, Waradiah, and their family here in San Antonio. We ask, Father, for Miss Catherine, uh, Ma Dukes, the, the mother of our brother Tazapah. We ask for our friends, Becky and Daryl and Carmen up there in Albuquerque, Father. Father, uh, continue prayers. Uh, we ask for continue prayers for uh, my in-laws, the entire loved family. Um, we ask, Father, for the, the family of our brother Gabarkawa, the entire Coates family. Uh, we ask, Father, for the brother Kazakia and his family out there in Norfolk. We ask for the brother Sahawan Mayam out there in Houston, Father, and for his wife, Shariah, and for their son, Benaya. Father, we ask for the brother Sahawan here in San Antonio, West Beverly. We ask, Father, for the sister Ayana, who is the wife of our brother Awana Ayer here in San Antonio. Father, we ask for the daughter of our beloved brother Tazapa and his wife, Arakaya, their daughter, Cece. We ask, Father, also for the brother of the, the daughter of our brother Gabarkawa, his daughter, Aizali. And Father, we ask for the daughter of our brother Banabad and his wife, Kwadashaya, their, their daughter, Aliyah. Continue prayers going up, Father, for Tazafah and his whole family. And continue prayers going up, Father, for our brother Kwadashkabar here in San Antonio. Continue prayers going up for our, our brother and our friend, Yenawatan, Father, who's on the road traveling. We ask, Father, for our, the family of our brother, Gabar Ya'ala, out there in Florida, uh, along with his wife, Aisha, and for their niece and nephew, Keontae and Rihanna. And for the mother-in-law of our brother, Gabar Ya'ala, uh, Ruthie Mae Johnson. We ask you, Father, for the brother, Sean Kudash, and his family, and his wife, Mariah, and their son, Kazakian. We ask you, Father, for the brother, L.V., out there in California, uh, with his mother, Pat Washington. We ask, Father, for, again, our beloved sister, Kwadashaya, the wife of our brother, Bonabad. We ask for our friends, Father, Sean Stark, Sylvia Khan, uh, and, Father, we ask for our brother, Shapar, up there in Albuquerque. Father, continue prayers going up for our brother, Yama, who is currently in, the, in Lubbock right now, Lubbock, Texas, right now. And Father, continue prayers for the brother Yasha Allah out there in Gallup and for the sister Ainawa here in San Antonio. And Father, we ask that in, according to the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 27, that when, if we should put your name upon the children of Israel, being that you are the, the, the power, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, that you would bless them. So we ask you all these things in the reputation of, of and, and rapport of this, our Savior, um, Jesus Christ, Shai. We ask you all these things, and we thank you always. Amen. All right, but since we got that out the way now, not, just, not that it's a service, a service or anything, but cool, we got that done. All right, brothers and sisters, um, please forgive me. Right now, I'm gonna have, I need to take a, a quick intermission. Um, I need to take a quick intermission, and when we come back, we continue with this series. We're in part 19 of the series that we're dealing with the part of the birth of Christ. And we're going to be dealing with the part about um, where the scriptures address the part about uh, the Virgin Mary being espoused to Joseph and, w- and what that really means. Okay. So give me, please continue patience with me. Um, and let me go ahead and take this intermission. And when I come back, we're going to continue with this class. 
So with that, we'll be right back. And please, thank you for your patience. Thank you for, for, for putting up with me. It is appreciated. Thank you.
right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. And hopefully that's going to be a true statement. Hopefully we will learn today. All right, hopefully we're going to learn a little something today. All right, brothers and sisters, as we continue on with our series that we have started oh so long ago from the true birth of Christ to um, uh, to what it means to deny Christ to uh, the saviors um, uh, of in, in, uh, to the, who the savior is and what it means to, and what salvation is. Um, I believe that was almost a 30 part series that we did uh, just on dealing with salvation and all these times back to um, Jesus Christ. Um, It's been a lot, brothers and sisters. And remember, if you've missed any one of our shows, whether it's from myself, uh, Mashaba, or from the brother Tazapa, or even from the brother of uh, Bonabad, uh, we invite you to please uh, go to www.blogtalkradio.com. I want you to go pull the website up, whether it's on your phone, tablet, uh, desktop, or laptop. Uh, go to the search box and type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A. Once you do that, it's going to pull up our full list of episodes that we've done from February 2010 up until today, all right? All the classes are there. All the, all the shows are there. We're not going back and, you know, in editing and, and saying, no, you can't listen to this. We made mistakes, whatever. They're all there, all right? They are all there for, for, for your critique, for your education, for your edification, all right? They're all there. Classes from the brother um, Bayasapar and, and Tazapah, from the brother, going back to uh, the brother Kawaka, the brother Karash. Um, uh, classes, I mean, going all the way back to 2010. So they're, they're there for you, all right, to go back and be able to help with your studies and get your foundation a little bit more solid, okay? They're definitely there. Uh, you can also reach you know, our classes, the last 300 classes that we ever that we do on iHeartRadio Podcast, under Bible Talk, ISBHBK Bible Talk, under um, Apple iTunes Podcast, uh, under, again, ISBHBK Bible Talk, under Google Podcast. And also with uh, Podcast Addict, the last 300 episodes that we've done are always there and available at your fingertips. Uh, again, for your for for your edification, for your education, um, they're there for you to please check out. Right? And for your criticism, for your critiques also. Okay. So with that being said, brothers and sisters, um, one thing I just want to bring to our learning and to our attention is is this right here for us to remember. Well, in case you, maybe you don't remember. Um, this teaching of, about uh, the Virgin Mary, uh, as far as Mary only being, um, never having experienced any sexual, never having, sex, not having sexual experience at all, and being impregnated, um, that didn't get passed into, quote unquote, church doctrine until 451 CE or AD, all right, 451 CE. The reason that's significant, brothers and sisters, I'm going to read this article, is from the time that Christ was born, all the way up until, I mean, we have his death at approximately 33 um, uh, BC or AD, I'm sorry, about 33 when he died. Um, and then we have where the apostles had took over the um, the ministry uh, of the teaching about Christ, him being the Messiah, and for, for men everywhere to repent. Okay? Um, from, again, from around 30, 
4 AD. So for 451 years, there were the apostles and the early church Christian, early church disciples, the, the ones that were actually taught by Christ and, and was charged with carrying on the ministry that Christ had charged them with, never taught that Mary, that her sexual experience was that she was a virgin. Think about that, brothers and sisters. For four centuries, that was not church doctrine. That is not, you don't read where any of the apostles, after Christ's resurrection, and they, they were commissioned with the ministry. You never read about any of the apostles. Nowhere else in the New Testament can you read anything, Mary's um, virginity. You can't read nowhere that that was, became, that was the doctrine that had anything to do with salvation. You, it's it's just not there, all right. It's not there, and for 400 years, it was never relevant. It was never a part of the original teaching, the original um, uh, doctrine that Christ had handed down to his disciples, who then became the apostles, and then the apostles now uh, carry, carry carrying on this message for 400 years, four centuries, brothers and sisters. That was never part of the doctrine that had been handed down from Christ to his apostles. Okay? It was never there. That was never a, a part of salvation. That was never a part of church doctrine. That was never a part of, of, of um, any of the teaching. Of in spreading the word of the, of the, of the gospel and in spreading the word of repentance, that was never anything that was handed down from Christ to his immediate disciples, his immediate students, to his immediate um, uh, teachers that he established. That was never taught. That was never mandated. That was never ratified until some 451 years, uh, 451 CE, some almost 400 years later is when this became church doctrine. Okay? And it was at the Council of Chalcedon, all right, the Council of Chalcedon, C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N. And you can please do the research. And uh, in, 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 in this, the Asia we're living in, where, where even if the scriptures prophesied that knowledge will be increased. In this age of the internet, in this age of Siri, in this age of, of Google Assistant, that you can, just, you can ask questions. Um, there's no need for encyclopedias. There's no need to go to a library. There's no need to, to know the Dewey Decimal System, that it's there at your fingertips. At, at, at the end of your Bluetooth, you can ask these questions and, and, and get this information. So, again, at the Council of Chalcedon was a church council held in 451 CE at Chalcedon, Turkey, to settle the issue of Christ's two natures and the doctrine of incarnation. Emperor Marcion uh, called for the council at Nicaea. But it was later moved to Chalcedon to be closer to Constantinople and the emperor. The council began on October 8th, 451, and was attended by 520 bishops and their entourage. Now, it became part of the church doctrine. It became part of the Catholic church doctrine in 451 CE. And by this time, well, all I can say is, there's a lot of 
there was a marrying in of a lot of pagan customs with Christian doctrine that was happening at this time to try to appeal to more masses, to try and, and, and have more people come into the quote-unquote Roman Catholic Church. Um, and remember, the word Catholic meaning universal. That was supposed to be for everybody. So to, in order to adopt and get more people to come into and accept Christianity, all right, not the original Christianity, but now the, the modern Christianity that, that we now go by, that most people go by, in order to adopt and, and, and get more people to accept this religion in so many outlying, outlying um, uh, uh, countries and, and nations and, and civilizations, that now this became part of the church doctrine. But for, again, from the time of Christ, after he came, taught for three years, um, died and then resurrected, and then went back up to the Father and commissioned the apostles to go out and teach the doctrine of repentance, to teach the doctrine of salvation. We cannot read where any of the apostles in any of their travels taught about the the Virgin Mary, Mary being a virgin and being impregnated by a spirit, being impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Okay, that doctrine of a of a woman being impregnated by a spirit and giving birth to a divine child that has its 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 origins going all the way back to you find that mythology within every nation on the planet Earth going all the way back to the first civilizations after the flood, Babylon, Assyria, Sumer, Egypt, uh, Turkey, um, Hinduism, that they all have, have mythologies concerning a woman becoming impregnated by a spirit and giving birth to a divine child. So by the time we get to 451 CE, at the Council of Chalcedon, where it has now been that that teaching has now mingled with Christianity, has now mingled with Christianity, which Christ had no teachings or no dealings with. His original disciples and teachers had no dealings with. Okay? Reading on with some more of this definition in this article. Um, By definition, the Council of Chalcedon was called in 451 CE by the Roman Emperor uh, Marcion um, to settle debates regarding the nature or hypostasis, the reality of Christ that had begun at two earlier meetings in Ephesus at 431 CE and 439 CE. All right. Um, and you, all this information is available at your fingertips, brothers and sisters, to please go and look up. And again, I would just mind you to t- please take a look that, and ask yourself this question. Just like we, we just came through the so-called, we're in the so-called new year. Did any of the early, did any biblical records ever declare December or January to be the new year? As much as everybody knows and understands that the Jews are the chosen people, even though right now there's a mistaken identity in that we that it's been taught that 
the, the, the people who are now currently occupying, um, living on stolen land uh, in, in the promised land right now, that they are not the original people. They are not the original Jews, but have stolen that um, from the original people. That if in their calendars, had, do, do they ever record with them being the, the, the chosen people of God, the Jews being the chosen people of God, do they, do the Jews ever record the new year starting in January? Or do they, does the new year start in March, in springtime? Whether, whether sometimes the spring might fall in March or sometimes it might, it might fall in April. When does the spring start? That's the beginning of the year. Is it recorded when times change? And the Brother Tazapala has done a class on that. Excellent class that he did. And, and yes, and it, as it's recorded and prophesied, that from the time of Daniel, was, which was, approximately, was during the Babylonian Empire, that from the time of Daniel, it was prophesied at that time, which was about 586 B.C., that about 600 years before Christ came on the earth, it was prophesied that an empire, a kingdom, was going to raise up, come into power, and that they would change times and laws. And we can see where we, now we, we do have the Julian calendar or the Gregorian calendar that we now go by right now, that the, the beginning of the year has changed from the original being in the springtime to now it's the dead of winter uh, as far as January 1st. I'm bringing that up also, brothers and sisters, that when we go to the origins of things, when we check out the root of things, that only even though this doctrine was now ratified in 431 or 451 CE, is that how it was originally? Was that originally part of God's message? Or was that something man inserted into the religion of God? Was that a tradition and our custom inserted by men that had nothing to do with God and how he wanted to be worshipped? Nothing to do with God and how he wanted to be, you know, as it says in St. John chapter 4, verse 20, uh, 22. Let me pull that up real quick. St. John chapter 4 and verse 22. And it reads as such. In St. John chapter 4, verse 22, it says, this is Christ speaking. He says, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Okay? This is Christ speaking. Words of Christ in red. All right? He's making a statement that people worship, and they have no idea what it is they worship. And, uh, and as y'all remember, do, do some word definitions. Do some word searches. Word searches. Remember the word worship, when we look into the etymologies, the word worship goes back to how you're going to shape your mind. All right? What are you going to shape your mind to? So if we worship, um, for, again, if a person worships um, uh, Hinduism, then they're going to mold their mind. They're going to shape their mind to the tenets and to the morals of Hinduism. So if we're going to worship God, are we going to mold our minds to how God wants things done? So here in St. John chapter 4, verse 22, again, Christ is saying what? You worship or people mold their minds to a certain doctrine and to certain things. 
you worship and you you know not what. Most people really don't know why they have their minds are molded the way they're molded. Why they believe that December twenty fifth is Christ's birthday. Why they believe that the dead of winter is the beginning of the year. And also in, in those same lines, um, that Mary was a virgin as far as never had sex. And that she was impregnated while never having sex. So people worship, they know not what. It says, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Verse 23. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. So the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of, of uh, God, all right, says so he's looking for those that are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. All right, they're going to worship him the way he wants to be worshipped and, and not let their minds be swayed by any doctrine of men. Okay, so I just want to kind of, again, uh, get this out there uh, to go on top of this, these series that we've been covering from the Trinity, from uh, what it means to deny Christ, from uh, the queens of heaven, from the mothers of God, from the, uh, the, the series we've done on Nimrod, the series that we've done on Bacchus and Dionysus, the series that we've done from uh, the two Babylons, that on top of all the other evidence that we've that we've handled, we've given, and we've, we've researched and, and brought for you to go and, and, and check out for yourself also, that uh, this doctrine, this Roman Catholic doctrine, that Mary was a virgin as far as never had any sex, and that the, uh, the Holy Spirit impregnated her, that did not become ratified until 451, at the Council of, of Chalcedon, okay, at the Council of Chalcedon. So with that, brothers and sisters, um, I did want to get that little tidbit out the way. Again, it's there for your information. It's there for you to go and check out. So let's go back to Luke uh, chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. And let's get a reminder that um, on Thursday's class, I'm sorry, on last Wednesday's class, last Wednesday's class, we were going over... Um, we went over, we covered where the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit was going to, um, the power of the Holy Spirit was going to overshadow um, uh, Mary. And we went and we covered how things written the time were written for our learning. We went and looked at how the Holy Spirit moved with, from Abraham, um, with the birth of Isaac, to um, uh, uh, Samuel, uh, his birth, to the birth of, of Samson. Uh, into the birth of John the Baptist, that an angel had announced each one of these births um, and prophesied that th- these mothers were going were to give birth to to um, special children, and that it, it it was it was completely understood that yes, their fathers, their biological fathers, had sex with their mothers, and that's how the mothers became impregnated, even though it had been announced by angels that at a set, a set time that the one was going to become pregnant and that the Holy Spirit controls people. The Holy Spirit moves people. 
and when we look in and study how the Holy Spirit moves people, how the Holy Spirit influences people, how the Holy Spirit directs people, we covered that on a class we did right, covering this topic, covering this, this very topic. So now moving on, again, going back to Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 27, we're going to pick up from there. All right, so in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, once again, but there's a lot to unpack with all this. There's a lot to unpack with all this information, with, all, with, with, with a lot of the reading, okay? So we're dealing with now the uh, Annunciation of the Virgin Mary um, of the birth of Jesus. We're in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now it says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, verse 27, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. All right? So now we're going to unpack this part here. All right? We're going to unpack this part. It says to a virgin, and we've covered that. We, we have most absolutely definitely covered virgin, that most people are only familiar with the modern-day definition of virgin, which means somebody who has no sexual experience, um, versus the original meanings of the word virgin that could mean a young woman of marriageable age, whether married or not. All right, That virgin in, in, in Bible times and uh, in the Bible uh, referred more to a woman's age, a young, a young woman's age, and not her sexual experience. We've covered that. So now we're going to deal with this word espoused, all right? Now we're going to deal with the word espoused, that um, Mary, um, this young woman, this damsel, um, is espoused to a man whose name is Joseph, all right? So what does the word espoused mean? What does the word espoused mean? Let's go to Webster's 1820 Dictionary. And again, mind you, I do like to use the Webster's, not the Merriam-Webster's, just the plain Webster's. Webster's 1820 Dictionary for the word espoused, all right? Just Webster's, not the Merriam-Webster, just Webster's. They have betrothed, uh, affianced to, like a fiancé, promised in marriage by contract, married, United intimately or embraced. Now, the definition we want to use here from Webster's 1820 Dictionary is for the word espoused is promised in marriage by contract. Now, if we take this definition that we have for the word espoused and we insert that into the scripture, into Luke chapter 1, verse 26, 27, listen how it sounds when we insert the definition into what we're reading, okay? And Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin promised in marriage by contract to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Did y'all catch that? Did that kind of resonate a little bit? That to be espoused means that this young woman was promised in marriage by a contract to a man whose name was Joseph. 
All right. So Mary was promised in marriage by contract to Joseph. All right. I pray everybody has kind of got that. Now, let's go get a, a biblical reference. Let's get a biblical historical reference about what this what this means that we can now kind of help uh, um, tie in that uh, what what it means to be espoused, all right? From what what the authors of the Bible, what when it was written down, what was meant when these histories were written down. Okay, let's go to Second Samuel. Let's go to the book of Second Samuel, chapter three, verse fourteen. Let's go to the book of Second Samuel, chapter three, verse fourteen. All right, the book of Second Samuel, chapter three, verse fourteen, and this is how it reads. And David sent messengers, uh, Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, "Deliver me my wife, Michal, or Michelle. How you? I, I'm gonna use Michelle. You know, that's how, that sounds more feminine. Let me read this again. Second uh, Samuel, chapter three, verse fourteen. And David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, deliver, to me, deliver me my wife, Michal, which I espoused to me for a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. Now, if you're not familiar with this, this, this Bible history, this Bible, um, this, this Bible narrative here, that Saul had put out a, a decree, all right, that if anybody brought him back 50 foreskins, of the Philistines, which are the, the enemies of the Israelites, that if anybody brought back 54 skins of, of the um, Philistines, that they could marry Saul's daughter. Well, and that was a contract that was thrown out there by Saul. David, not only did he fulfill the contract by, by bringing 54 skins of, of, of the enemies of, of Saul, he brought 100. He doubled it. To fulfill this contract, that if I fulfill this con- this part of the contract, I can now marry your daughter. I'm now worthy to marry your daughter. Now, according to the contract that Saul had put up in, in order to marry his daughter, that the father would make a contract for his daughter to be married with the groom. All right, and we can see where David. Had had been espoused, or David made a contract, or fulfilled a contract, in order to marry Saul's daughter, uh, Mishal. Uh, All right, Mishal. So again, I hope we, I hope it's enough of a Bible, a biblical reference, that a person might be able to see that yes, in the Bible, when somebody else was espoused, it means they were fulfilling a contract. All right, that that there was a contract established from the father to whoever the groom was going to be, or what it would take for this man to now marry this person, this man's daughter, uh, for a, a groom to marry the daughter of a father. All right? Now, going back to the, to the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, going back to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, we looked at the word espoused. All right? We did look at the word espoused, E-S-P-O-U-S-E-D, but now I want to look up to just the word espouse, all right? Just the word espouse, all right? Again, going back to the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, espouse. Number one, to betroth, all right? So the very first definition for espouse means to betroth, all right? 
Um, and the reference uh, that's given here is Matthew chapter one verse eighteen, when as his mother, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph or betrothed to Joseph. All right. Definition number two of the word espouse. All right. Definition number two of the word espouse from Webster's eighteen twenty eight dictionary. Number two, to betroth, all right, to promise or engage in marriage by contract, all right. So to be espoused or to espouse is that a person is promised or engaged in marriage by contract, all right, in writing or by some pledge, all right. But there was already an agreement between the the groom and the, the the father of the bride, the father of the of the of the woman, there was already a contract established. All right, so to betroth, to promise or engage in marriage by contract, in writing, or by some pledge. All right, as the king espoused his daughter to a foreign prince. Usually and properly followed by to rather than with. Okay, so I'm hoping we get this. I hope what's coming across is the understanding that Mary was was promised in marriage by a contract that had been established between her father and Joseph, and that to to a spouse means to promise in marriage. By contract in writing or by some pledge that there was there was there was an agreement that had been established between Mary's father and Joseph. Okay, this is very important, brothers and sisters. We this is these are some points that we can't just read over. We these are some points we can't just speed past. All right, we have to understand these things. So now. Let's look up the word betrothed, 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 right? However you want to say it, um, you know, uh, tomatoes, tomatoes. Uh, Let's go to the Webster's 1820 Dictionary again for the word betrothed or betrothed, B-E-T-R-O-T-H, betrothed, all right? From, again, this is the Webster's 1820 Dictionary, betrothed, to contract to anyone in order to a future marriage. Uh, I'm going to read this again. All right. I I guess I can do the the drum roll, the explosions. All right. But to betroth, to contract to anyone in order to a future marriage. So to betroth, there's a contract in order to a future marriage. There's a contract. To promise or pledge one to be the future spouse of another. Are you? Are we? Uh, are we hearing this? To promise or pledge one to be the future spouse of another. So espoused and betrothed. Okay, synonymous. But being so being um, uh, anchored by the by the. Concept that there's a contract, right? That there's a contract that's been established. So to contract to one 
to anyone in order to a future marriage to promise or pledge one to be the future spouse of another to a fiance used of either sex the father betroths his daughter so if we come back now and we look at the, at, at Luke chapter 1 verse 26 to 27 it says and in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin who was a spouse or promised in marriage by contract who was betrothed which is to promise or engage in marriage by contract in writing or by some pledge or that there was a contract between Joseph and Mary to anyone in order to a future marriage to promise or pledge one to be the future spouse of another. Okay? I'm hoping this is kind of seeking in. But I know it, it, that, that, that the buffers might be there because we've been so um, indoctrinated with modern religion and modern Christianity that to hear the truth now, it might, it might, it might hurt. It might be kind of hard to penetrate all, some of the lies or a lot of the lies that have been taught about Christ, about the Bible, and about God. But we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going. Okay. Definition number two for the word betrothed. Definition number two for the word betrothed. To con- contract with one for a future spouse. To a spouse, as a man betroths a lady. So, I hope we see one major concept in these definitions is there's a contract. There's a contract for a future marriage. Um, brothers, please hold on one second. I'm, I'm getting a call. One second, please. Um, one second.
right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Um, my apologies for that. My apologies for that. Let me try something here. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, 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 hello. Uh, you know, I'm going to try this here. I think this might work better. All right, brothers. Um, again, my apologies for that. Um, yeah, I had to make sure that that wasn't an emergency. I had to make sure that that right there was not an emergency. Uh, that, that's as a, a, a brother, a friend, a family member, family member um, that, that usually doesn't call at this time. And for him to call at this time, I want to make sure it wasn't an emergency. So everything is good. There's nothing wrong. Okay. So now, and getting back, dealing with the word betrothed now, I hope we're getting some understanding, brothers and sisters, um, that this might start to resonate, that words are important. The meanings of words, the original meanings of words are very, very, very important. Okay? We can't just, just um, go by modern uh, definitions. Matter of fact, um, <laughs> brothers and sisters, let, 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 let me go here. And this is going to seem a little bit vulgar. To people, okay, this is gonna seem a little bit um, 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 vulgar, but I have to go here. What I'm gonna ask brother and sister to do, all right? We know that again, in, in trying to give a uh, uh, an understanding or a visual, if you will, or some depth, and to understand how the meaning of words change. Think about the word bad, all right? Think about the word bad. Now we we know yeah Michael Jackson is known for 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 uh, making the song Who's Bad, um, uh, you know going back into like some of the the, the, the um, late eight, late seventies um, early eighties uh, R and B music uh, She's a Bad Man Majama, um, this is fine as she can be that um, the meanings of words and the way people use words change, but um, we had to get back to the original definitions of what words meant. That when words were first used, what was the definition of these words when they were first being used and introduced? Especially if we're going to deal with the Bible. All right, we're dealing with the Bible, a book, uh, books that were written over five thousand years ago. All right, from you know Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, books that were written over five thousand years ago. That now when they were translated from the Hebrew, Greek, and Latin into English. Um, and the words that were used to translate the Hebrew, Greek, and Latin words into English, what, what were the meanings of those words, right? That we had to go back to what those, what, what was the, the etymology, is what they call it, of those words when they were translated into English, all right? We had to go back and study those things and be aware of those things so that when the original writers, when the scrolls were written in Hebrew, that the words that were used and then translated into English, that there were specific words that were used for specific meanings. And that from what was originally, the words that were originally used and, and the specific original meanings and definitions of those words, it could be totally different than what the usage of the word might be today. Now, I'm using the word bad, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm using the word bad. That bad can mean... Uh, you know, even like Run DMC said, uh, for those who might be familiar with that rap group when it first came out, there's a lyric in a song that said, not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. All right? That 
even in that song lyric, they said that not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. That now you have a word that can have many different meanings, all right, and and, and, and be used in, uh, in many different ways. But if you go back to the original definition, the etymology, and this is what I'm going to ask you all to do, all right, do some homework on this. Go and look up the word, the etymology, specifically the, word, the etymology of the word bad. When you go and look up the etymology of the word bad, do you know that the, the original definition, original etymology of the word bad stood for a hermaphrodite? It stood for an effeminate man. Hence, somebody who's evil, somebody who's wicked, somebody who's bad. That that is the original meaning or the etymology of the word bad. It it was to describe a, a hermaphrodite, a person who had both body parts, a, a an effeminate man was the original etymology of the word bad. Now we can see over time that that you know that, that can be something evil, something wicked, uh, uh, something wrong. Yes, a hermaphrodite, somebody who has both body parts. There's something wrong with that. There's something twisted with that. And just, just as crazy as it, as it is, today, I guess, in this modern society that we live in, I guess that might be considered a good thing in this, in this, in this alphabet soup of society that we live in today, that that might be, I guess people would call it good, but originally, the, word, the etymology of the word bad meant a hermaphrodite. Or an effeminate man. Now, I'm not just throwing that out there for shock value. All right? I'm not just throwing that definition out there for shock value. As much as, as I'm trying to give some, 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 some gravity. I'm trying to give some weight to understanding and the importance of us getting the origins and the definitions of words. All right? That if, if we don't go and look these things and get these things... And we're only going to use the modern usage of the word. The, are, are we really going to are we really going to get the concept of what the original authors of the Bible were trying to try to convey? If we're going to only use today's modern usage of words, it seems like if we really want to understand, just just like you know, it, it's funny. Um, I'm in my fifties. Okay, I'm in my fifties. When I was in grade school, uh, we learned, uh, you know, to, to uh, the, the different forms of writing was print and cursive. Right? We learned that. We, we learned we had the big Indian chief paper, um, and we had to write, you know, uh, uh, big A and little A, capital A and, 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 and regular A. We learned the print, and we learned cursive. We learned our capital letters. And then our regular letters in print and in cursive. Do you know today, brothers and sisters, they don't even teach cursive writing in, in, in schools today, in public schools today? Kids growing up in today's modern society do not know how to write, write, or write in cursive. Ain't that something? And in today's you know, society that we live in today, with the really dumbing down, they're not using brain cells. With the texting, 
the way people text today, the 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 syntax, if you will, and I know that's a big word, but the 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 with the use of emojis in text, that they are steadily taking away a person's ability to actually be able to read and comprehend. That now it really is about it's going it's really getting the the mind dummy down and and accustomed to pictures. The the heart emoji and I, I use it myself. The brother uh, brother Troy just used one just now. The thumbs up emoji. And then you you know some people get get annoyed if if you if you send them a text and then they send the thumbs up back to you and then you get a text that says uh, something such as liked or something such as loved. Um, and then they have everything you just 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 texted them in in parentheses. In, I'm sorry, in quotation marks. Now you got to make a read that whole thing. That you have to read. But the dumbing down of society, it, it's really it's really taking away people's reading comprehension. And and now, I mean, please, uh, with the use of emojis, the defining of words. Is, is being robbed from people, especially from these newer generations, these younger generations. The importance of word and word studies is being siphoned away from our minds. So if we can, if we can come back and look and see how, if we don't get the definition of words and the origins of words, again, like the word virgin, and you're only going to go by the modern usage of the word virgin, you're gonna miss out on what on what the writers was what what God meant. We're gonna miss out. You're not gonna we're not gonna get it. It's not gonna have the same impact. It's damn sure not even gonna carry the same message. Okay. So, to betroth from Webster's 1828 dictionary means uh, definition number two, to contract with one for a future spouse, to a spouse, as a man betroths a lady. So, brothers and sisters, uh, again, as we continue on with this, uh, now we're going to go to the Zondervan, uh, Compact Bible Dictionary. And I'm going to ask everybody, please, um, if you don't have one, it, 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 it'd be good for your word study. It'd be good for your Bible studies uh, to, to get a hold of one of these. All right, the Zondervan, Compact Bible Dictionary. The last time I checked on Amazon, they were like just 10 bucks. All right, the compact one. Now, they have a pictorial Bible Dictionary. I believe that one's going right now for about 30 but great reference book, great references, great definitions, all right? So I'm going here to a Bible dictionary, all right? The Zondervan Compact Bible Dictionary. Now, I've got a lot of Bible encyclopedias. I've got a lot of Bible encyclopedias. The, um, the Encyclopedia of Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature, love that one. Love that one. Another one I love is the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. Ooh, you got, yes. I also love the Smith Bible Dictionary, I, uh, the Easton Bible Dictionary. Great resources, great resources that you might want to look into uh, for your Bible studies. And mind you, you can get all these for free. And I'm not even sponsored by, by, by um, I guess they would never sponsor anybody, but Eastward, Brothers and Sisters, is Great, a great Bible resource, right? If you go to the website, um, what's that? S dot O dot W dot or ISBHPK dot com, 
um, the website that's been put up for um, our brothers, uh, our brother camps in San Antonio, San Antonio, Houston, Norfolk, and Rochester. They have uh, Bible resource uh, tools, and on there they have a link to for you to be able to get the East Ward Bible Re- uh, brothers and sisters. The modules you can add to your to to once you download East Ward, and I, I got I got a, a version also on my phone that on, it's only it was, it was only three bucks, it was only three dollars. Well, oh my God, you can get all these all these reference books and all these all these um, uh, a library of, of books for free. All right, it's there at your fingertips. It's there at your fingertips if you really want to get into your studies. All right, but for now I'm gonna use the Zondervan. Compact Bible Dictionary. Right, I'm going to the Zonavan Compact Bible Dictionary. And I'm going to look up the word marriage. All right. Um, the Zonavan Compact Bible Dictionary. And we're going to look up the word marriage. So it says we're dealing with Mary. It says, again, um, that the angel Gabriel was sent from uh, God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. Okay. So a spouse to be promised in marriage by contract. All right. To be promised in marriage by contract, uh, to betroth, uh, to promise or engage in marriage by contract in writing or in some pledge. All right. That there was a contract established for a marriage. All right. There was a contract established for a marriage. So now in the Zondervan, Compact Bible Dictionary, the Zondervan, Compact Bible Dictionary, the definition of marriage. Marriage is an intimate personal union to which a man and woman consent, consummated and continuously nourished by sexual intercourse. Now, you might come and be like, Shabba, what that got to do with, with, uh, with the Virgin Mary and with all this type of stuff? It's got everything to do with it. The reason I went to a Bible dictionary, I went to a Bible dictionary to look up the word marriage. And marriage from the Zonovan Compact Bible Dictionary is an intimate personal union to which a man and woman consent, consummated and continuously nourished by sexual intercourse. All right? This is from a Bible dictionary, brothers and sisters. A Bible dictionary. A Bible dictionary to deal with Bible words and what their meanings are in the Bible. Okay? An intimate personal union to which a man and woman consent and is consummated and continuously nourished by sexual intercourse. So, you know what we got to do? Let's look up the word consummate. Let's look up the word consummate from the Webster's Dictionary of 1828. Let's look up the word consummate in Webster's Dictionary of 1828. The word consummate um, means to end, to finish by completing what is intended. So just on that alone, just from going over that part of the definition for the word consummate alone, let's, let's, let's look at this. Marriage is an intimate personal union which a man and woman consent, which is ended or completed 
and continuously nourished by sexual intercourse. The marriage is completed. It, it says again, to end and to finish by completing what was intended by sexual intercourse. All right? When a man and woman, after the contract has been established between the man and the bride of the father, between the, 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 the bride's father and the groom, there's a contract that's been established. A contract's been established for now this man's daughter to be given in marriage to the groom. All right? And now the marriage is now complete or it's finished by what? Sexual intercourse. I know this might be blowing a lot of people away because, again, we're so, we, we're so absorbed into modern definitions of, hell, some people might even know what the word consummate, that what, there is even a word named consummate. All right? But check this out. Let's read some of these definitions. Consummate. To end. To finish by completing what was intended. And what's the, what's the intention of marriage? Well, God's intention of marriage is to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Y'all remember, you know, Genesis chapter 1? You know, God's commandment to all creation to be fruitful and multiply. Y'all remember that? That's God's intention. That's what was intended. So the contract that was established between the groom and the father of the bride is for what? Yeah, there's going to be some sex. There's going to be a union. There's a contract established. All right? Reading on. Consummate from Webster's Dictionary of 1828. To end. To finish by completing what was intended. To perfect. So the marriage is perfected with what? That first act of sexual intercourse and continues to being fed by sexual intercourse. Consummate to bring or carry to the utmost point or degree. So what is what what is the, the point of the what's the utmost point of, of marriage when it's consummated? What is the utmost point? What's the highest point of marriage? The sexual intercourse. That has been arranged or established by contract between the groom and the father of the bride. Now I'm going you know it keeps hitting me I need to go ahead and confess. Um I did not make a contract uh, with Yasariah. I did not make a contract with her father. All right? Um, I did not make a contract with her father uh, when I married her um, 18 years ago. I, I didn't do it. Uh, at the time, a lot of Israelites didn't do that. That we didn't go to the, the fathers. A lot of people have. I didn't say all didn't. I didn't say all have. Um but no, we, we didn't. Uh, this amount of research was not done. And I want to bring this out because I can only imagine hearing people now um, use this as an excuse to try and say why our marriages are not legal or, or what have you. Y'all, y'all can kick rocks. I've, I've got kids with this woman now. 
and I'm not going to leave them or her. So to me, that's stupid. And those that teach that, I'm not in agreement with that either. Biblically, that you're going to put a woman away with, with you had kids with her, you can put her away. Um, no. And I, I know that was doing, done during the time of, of uh, Zerubbabel and Ezra and Nehemiah, but that was with um, foreign kids, not Israelite kids. So we can have a conversation about that later. Right, so consummate as an adjective means to complete, to perfect, carry to the utmost extent or degree. So a marriage is 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 an intimate personal union to which a man and woman consent, consummated or what perfected, brought to the utmost point or or degree. Um, to the utmost extent and continuously nourished by sexual intercourse. Okay? So, why is this important in dealing with Luke chapter 1 verse 26 to 27? Well, we're seeing here that now Mary and Joseph that Mary or Joseph had established a contract with Mary's father. Alright? There was a contract that had been established with Mary's father. For her, the, the time was going to come that they were going to have sexual intercourse. But they are now, at this particular time, they are just betrothed. They are just espoused. Okay? They're just espoused. When the angel came to Mary, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, the, the, the footwork had already been laid out that, yes, Joseph had went to Mary's father and a contract had been established. Right? Done. That part had been done. And yes, at this particular time, there was no sexual intercourse at the time that the angel Gabriel came to Mary. Okay? So, Let's pick up. Let's go back now to Luke chapter one, verse twenty-six to twenty-seven. And we're we'll gonna read on. All right. Let's go back to Luke chapter one, verse twenty-six to twenty-seven, and it reads, "And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary." All right, verse 28 now. Hopefully we've got some understanding. We'll be able to fill in and unpack some of this about being espoused, about being betrothed, and the, de- the Bible definition of marriage. All right, so now Luke chapter 1, verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. All right, and we covered this two weeks ago that in, in the salutations, that this, all this was was greeting salutations. At, at no time did, as she conceived at this particular time of the conversation. All right? Verse 29. And when she saw, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation it should be. Verse 30, and the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. 
And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. All right? So, and we covered this last Wednesday, all right, about how the Holy Spirit moves, about the shalt conceive, that that statement has been made many times in the Bible, and at no time was it the Holy Spirit or an angel who made a similar announcement to if it was Abraham, if it was uh, to Samuel's uh, parents, if it was to Samson's parents, if it was to John the Baptist's parents. At no time did that mean that the Holy Spirit now intervened and got these women pregnant. Okay, verse 32, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 32. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. We, covered, we, we touched on this. How is, how is Jesus going to be given the throne of his father, David, if the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary? Reading on, verse 33. We'll cover that a little later also. Verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Verse 35. And I'm, fair question. I've never had sex, so how am I going to have a baby? And I've never had sex. Verse 35. And the angel Answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. There's more I wanted to unpack with this, but we definitely covered this part on Wednesday. Please go look it up in our archives. All right, verse 36. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing is, shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto thee according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. All right? Um, now, let's go and now get the same history. Now, that's when, it, in the chronology, Luke came first. In the chronology of how things went down, Luke came first. Then we jump to Matthew, that the angel first appeared to um, Mary before the angel appeared to Joseph. Just like the angel um, appeared to Samson's mother before appearing to Samson's father. All right? So now, let's go to Matthew chapter 1. Let's start at verse 18. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1. Let's start at verse 18. It says, "Now the birth of Christ." Now remember, before before we jump here, let's let's not let's not forget what we just been over. That Mary was already there was already a contract arranged between Joseph and Mary's father about Joseph um, uh, uh, marrying Mary. There was already a contract established that they were espoused, they were engaged, they were betrothed. There was already a contract established. There was already a pledge established. Okay? Coming back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Did y'all catch that part? 
again, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So, before they came together. Now, if we only go by, again, modern uh, uh, perceptions of this statement, and we don't take into, into consideration the definition of the word espoused. If we don't take into consideration what, why that word is so important, you might think that now, it's, or, but we might be led to believe that it's, when it says before they came together, that dad is talking about sex. But we're going to find out that this statement of before they came together, it's about before they started living together. This is what we're going to find out. Before they came together to fulfill the contract, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. She was pregnant. And we went over on this past Wednesday, the birth of Christ, the power of the Holy Ghost, that yes, the Holy Ghost controlled, overpowered, controlled Mary to have sex with Joseph, to have Joseph have sex with Mary and for her to become impregnated. We covered that. I'm not going to go over that whole thing again. Verse 19, Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Brothers and sisters, how did Joseph become her husband? Why does it go and talk about that she was a spouse to Joseph in verse 18, but now after it's saying she's found with child, then now Joseph is her husband. The reason it's written this way is because Joseph and Mary had sex. Joseph impregnated Mary. And that them coming together, them having sex before the contract was fulfilled. Before they could go publicly in front of her parents. In the wedding ceremony. Before that was done, she was already found with child of the Holy Spirit. She was already found with child. And that it was already explained to her by the angel that when the power of the Holy Ghost comes upon her and Joseph and they have sex, that the thing conceived in her is going to be holy. It's of God. It is ordained by God, even though they did not fulfill the contract. Let me see something here. Cool. Reading on. Matthew chapter 1 verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. A lot of people think this is talking about divorce. Brother says this ain't talking about divorce. He wants, when it says put her away privately.
No. I mean, he, he, he wanted to get her away before they went public. I know this sounds sound like I'm stretching right now, but I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to try to help bring all this home. All right? And Joseph being a just man, there's a lot of key words here. Joseph being a just man. Knowing that Joseph was a just man, meaning he followed the laws of God. And not willing to make her a public example. Why is that important? What, what does that statement mean when it comes to biblical terms? If we don't understand these, these two concepts in this verse, what does it mean that Joseph was a just man and he did not want to make her a public example? Think about this, brothers and sisters. If he divorced her, just, 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 just walk with me for a second. Just walk, walk with this concept for a second. If she's pregnant with the Son of God by a miraculous birth, by a miraculous conception, and he divorces her, how's that going to stop her being, from being a public example? If this verse is really centered around Joseph wanting to divorce Mary, even though he's a just man, and if the concept of the modern modern concept is she, he wanted to divorce her, how would that stop her from being a public example? Wouldn't that make her more of a public example? That before the contract was fulfilled, she's already pregnant, and then Joseph divorced her? And then think about this. How can he divorce her if they were not married yet? If, it, if the word of spouse means to be promised in marriage for a future time, then how can he divorce her? I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself. I hope I'm not getting too far ahead of myself with this. And by that meaning, meaning I hope I'm not getting, I hope I'm not getting so far ahead of, of my, in, in trying to bring this out. Now I'm, I'm missing some concepts for, for, and, and, and not connecting all the dots for everybody. What, and using some deductive reasoning, why is in verse 18 they're espoused, but in verse 19, He's her husband. And now he wants to divorce her? When did they get married? When was the marriage consummated? When was the contract completed then? If there were a spouse, the contract had not been completed yet. If the modern rendition of what we're reading about and the belief of the Virgin Mary being impregnated of uh, uh, this young woman who never had sexual intercourse was now somehow impregnated by the Holy Spirit. If Joseph, not if, since Joseph is a just man, but since you know there's a law dealing with things just like this. Has anybody thought about the law of adultery? 
what's supposed to happen when, when what is the penalty for adultery? Death. The penalty for adultery is death. See, y'all just made me think about the scripture. Hold on one second. Let me find this now. Let me find the scripture now. Let me find the scripture. It's in the apocrypha. Please consider this. Um, okay, this is one scripture, but I, I got, there's another one. I'm gonna find how it's worded. I got. I think about how the wording goes. But check out Wisdom of Solomon. Chapter 3, verse 16. Check out Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 3, and verse 16. And it says, As for the children of adulterers, they shall not come to their perfection. And the seed of an unrighteous bed shall be blotted, shall be rooted out. All right. Um, Um, but so in this right here, I kind of find this other scripture. Um, but it says, "As for the children of, of adulterers, this shall not come to to their perfection." If we know how God feels about adultery, and we don't cover that part in, in class, probably be um, Wednesday's class about adultery. But think about this: if God knows that Joseph was espoused to Mary. Mary was a spouse to Joseph. This was a given in marriage. She, it, this was understood. And we know how God feels about adultery. You can read about that from the Ten Commandments all the way through the Old Testament, how God feels about the nation of Israel committing adultery against him. In the book of James, chapter 4, people, God says, if you're a friend of the world, you're the enemy of God. You adulterers and adulteresses. That if you love the way of the world, God calls you an adulterer and adulteress in the New Testament. That God's feelings toward adultery are very severe, very extreme. So the concept now that God, the Holy Spirit, would get Mary impregnated before Joseph did, that would be adultery. By God's own definition. Adulterers will be put to death. Just think about that for a minute. <coughs> now, let me see if I can find it. I, the scripture I'm looking for, it, said, <coughs> it talks about um, uh, children on the witness. Here it is. Now let's go to Wisdom of Psalm chapter 4. 
um, Wisdom of Solomon chapter 4 and verse 6. All right, Wisdom of Solomon chapter 4 and verse 6. Think about this, brother, just please. Wisdom of Solomon chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, For children begotten of unlawful beds are witnesses of wickedness against their parents in their trial. Are we hearing this? This is recorded in the Bible. Again, the Wisdom of Solomon chapter 4 verse 6. For children begotten of unlawful beds are witnesses of wickedness against their parents in their trial. If Joseph was a just man, if he knew he didn't have sex with Mary, and now all of a sudden she's pregnant, if, 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 if he didn't have sex with Mary and she comes up now pregnant, And she's now claiming that, look, the Holy Spirit got me pregnant. Brothers and sisters, wouldn't that be, if, 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 she, was, if she was a virgin, I mean, I'm trying to use some practicality to this, brothers and sisters. I'm not trying, trying to uh, condescend or, or, or make anybody feel small, dumb, or stupid. That, that's not what I'm trying to go through this for, but trying to give some practical examples. If... Mary never had sex, and the Holy Spirit got her pregnant. Wouldn't it be easy to have her mother or a midwife or a female doctor uh, give her a, an exam to see if her hymen had broke? If they could now, you know, if she was a virgin and her hymen had not been broken through sexual intercourse, and now she's pregnant, Wouldn't that be a miracle? Wouldn't that be something now that if this is going to be a sign that God was giving, that a virgin was going to give birth to a child, if the modern concept or the modern way of explaining virginity and the Virgin Mary is that she's a young woman who never had sex and that this is supposed to be the sign to the world that a woman who's never, this young girl who's never had sex is not going to become impregnated and give birth to a son. Who would want to hide that? If that's supposed to be the sign from the book of Isaiah, if that's supposed to be the sign that now God is with us, that a young woman who's never had sex, which means her hymen had never been broke, is now impregnated, why would, why would Joseph feel the need to have to put her away, to not make her a public example. When the law says if a woman commits adultery, a young woman commits adultery, this young woman is supposed to be brought in front of her dad's house and all the men of the city are supposed to stone her publicly. But again, if you are absolutely unfamiliar with, with, with biblical terms and biblical history, this wise fable will now become doctrine for you and your worship. But let me let me let me get back to some of the scriptures that I have my time is, is starting to wane. Going back now to 
Where we at? Here we go. So Matthew chapter 1 verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, mind you, now at this point now in verse 19, Joseph now is her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example. But I said, but we're going to find out, and we might not be able to get to it today, even though we did touch on this last Wednesday, if not uh, the previous Monday. Remember, that public example is that, come on. Not trying to speak too fast to get ahead of myself. How how many children were called bastards? Wasn't a a, a bastard is somebody who a mother who has an illegitimate birth. She becomes impregnated with a baby and the father's not around. That was very looked down upon. In my, my my mother's generation, my my grandmother's generation, that was a very bad thing. Reading on, verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife. Y'all, y'all see, are y'all looking at the vocabulary and the words being used? In verse 18 of, of Matthew, they're a spouse. But now in verse uh, 20, she's his wife. The angel recognizes this. Reading on. For that which is, which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Remember, when, she had the, when they had the conversation in Luke, when the, when the angel had the conversation with Mary in the book of Luke, she shall conceive. Now, in verse 20, she has conceived. And we went over what the power of the Holy Spirit was, the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, spoiler alert, her and Joseph having sex before the concept was fulfilled was of God. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. And oh, there's so much to unpack with this verse right here. Brothers and sisters, you, you got to think about this. Knowing that the it was at the Council of Chalcedon in 451 451 CE or AD, when the doctrine with the Roman Catholic Church became ratified that Mary was a virgin and that the Holy Spirit got her pregnant of the universal church. To get in as many people, pagan or whoever, as possible into the church. Isn't it beneficial that now if the Holy Spirit got Mary pregnant, to now be able to teach that now all people can be the people of God. That if the Holy Ghost got Mary pregnant, then now all people are God's people. Whereas all the way up to this point, from from Adam, all the way through the genealogies, all the way up to this point, the Jews, the Israelites have always been God's people who have been scattered. 
And when I say this point, to this point in history, the Jews have always been the people of God. Christ is a Jew, not through his mother, but through his father. But in that, come, come back and now push the doctrine that a, the Holy Spirit got Mary pregnant. Can you see the financial gain of where the church can now bring in so many more peoples to the idea that Christ, that all people are God's people, that all people are Jesus' people? We already read Saint, uh, John chapter 4, verse 22, which says salvation is of the Jews. That's out of Christ's own mouth. Right? That's out of Christ's own mouth. But let's go to Hebrews. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. Chapter 7, verse 14. I think y'all, y'all knew where it was going. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 14. And it reads, For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. Did y'all catch this? It is evident, meaning it's a fact. That our Lord sprang out of Judah, that Jesus Christ is a Jew. He had a title written when he when they crucified him, when they executed him, they said Jesus the Christ, the King of the Jews. That he is a Jew through his father. But now if the Holy Spirit got Mary pregnant. Now it's easy to come back and assert the fable that since Jesus' father is a spirit, then now, and Jesus is now here, that now all people must be his people and not the Jews and not the Israelites who are actually the ones who need salvation. Let me get back here and, and get ready to wrap, wrap this up. Go back to Matthew chapter 1 and verse uh, 21 again. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and it shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us, which is true. Anybody saying that? Yes, a young woman had a child, and this child was going to be a son, and it was going to be God being with us. This is who Christ was. But it's not because the Holy Spirit got Mary pregnant. It's because Joseph of the house of David, being a Jew, Got her pregnant. Verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised out of his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him 
and took unto him his wife. What is she now? What is she now at this time, brothers and sisters? His wife. Verse 25. And knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. And here is he didn't have sex with her again. Knew her not. Well, there's, there's two, two, two teachings about this. They didn't, they didn't have the ceremony that he knew her not. They didn't have the ceremony in fulfilling the contract until after Christ was born. Not talking about, because he already knew her. He already had sex with her. That's how she got pregnant. But had knew her not many, they didn't fulfill the contract. The actual public ceremony until after Christ was born. Oh, we, oh, we, oh, we, oh, we, oh, we. I'm going to go a little further. I'm going to go a little bit further with this. All right. Um, so I need to get now the definition of wedding to give an explanation of why I'm saying what I'm saying. Okay. Going back again to the Zonaban Pictorial Bible Dictionary. And I need my magnifying glass. Right here. Come on now. Why did I say before they came together that that that's talking about the ceremony? That's talking about the actual public ceremony. Well, let, let's let's get to it. I'm going to end this right here. I'm going to end this right here. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to this. All right, I'm going to save this part for Wednesday. I'm going to save this part for, 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 for Wednesday. All right? So let me go ahead and end this. I am going to end this now. We've done our two hours. I'm going to end this now. Um, and let me mark. I'm at 211. All right? I'm at 211. I need to save this. Cool. And when I say 211, meaning I'm at, on page 211 of my notes. I'm, I'm at page 211 of my notes. So with that, brother, I'm going to end it right there. And I'm going to resume this class. Uh, I'm going to take my time with this. I'm going to resume my class on Wednesday with this, okay? Also leave kind of a cliffhanger, <laughs> all right? Hopefully it makes you, it makes you, it makes you want to come back and, and check out more of the show. Uh, uh, please, stay, uh, please check us out tonight. Uh, today being Monday, all right? Today being Monday. Uh, that on YouTube, you can uh, check us out on uh, SOW Houston, what, uh, has a class tonight starting at 7 p.m. And then uh, the school here in San Antonio, the Sword of Truth, their class starts tonight on YouTube starting at 7.30 p.m. All right. Uh, I'm going to check in with the brother Tazapah to see what time he's going to start his class tomorrow, whether it's going to be in the morning for Tazapah Tuesdays or if it's going to be in the evening for Tazapah Tuesdays. 
Uh, but we, please stay tuned, and we'll, we'll send a notice out to everybody so you can stay informed and up to date with the classes. Uh, so with that, uh, my name is Mashaba. And for uh, Bible Talk, I'd like to say Shalom. Shema Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.